Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tape Measure Takes, episode 47. As always, it is your host, Rai Rai, once again joined by Chris, a.k.a. Schwebzy. Hi, friends. And we're joined by Snaggle J of the Snaggle Club, who also happens to be the community and content developer for OOTP, Perfect Team, which just so happens to drop this week. This is correct. I'm glad to be here. Uh, big fan of the show, so, you know, it's, uh, I can check this one off the bucket list of podcasts I've made appearances on. Glad I, to I hear it. a list of them right on the wall over here. So. Uh, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Glad we could hear them that make that dream come true. Um, so, for people who may be listening who aren't aware of what OOTP and OOTP Perfect Team are, which is out-of-the-park baseball, um, you want to give them just a quick rundown? So yeah, so Out of the Park Baseball is a baseball management game, which is available on PC and Mac. Uh, Version 21, which is currently available in early access, uh, releases worldwide this Friday, the 20th. We are very excited about it. It is, uh, I mean, you know, obviously as you keep releasing the versions of the game, you try to keep making them better and better, but... Uh, we're very happy with the feedback we've seen so far. Perfect Team is our card collecting mode, which is available in Out of the Park 21. Uh, it is free to play, free to join. It is included when you purchase the game. Uh, and it is, uh, it's only been around, this is only the third version that Perfect Team has been included. We did a very brief uh, few months in OTP 19. Then it was the full year of 20. And then now we are entering its second full year uh, in 21, and we are very, very excited. That's kind of the the lane that I stay in on the perfect team side, um, and we're very, very excited uh, for the stuff that we have planned and the improvements we made. And but yeah, that's yeah. kind of the uh, that's kind of the the byline right there. Dude, I gotta say, ripping the perfect team packs is very, very addictive. <laughs> More so than like real baseball card packs now for me that that rip of the top of the packs it's a it's kind of like a visceral pack ripping it's a good feeling yeah you know the sound of it at this point i'm numb to it right like (laughs) i i opened you know multiple thousands of packs in in uh in perfect team 20 so i mean i'm kind of numb to the sound at this point but you know it's funny because it's one of those things i remember when we floated the idea originally of hey we want to have like this full-on pack opening animation and i remember like the the version 0.1 of that and that sound literally sounded like someone scratching their fingernails on a chalkboard originally (laughs) and i'm like guys 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 (laughs) guys we can't we can't like it's like and i'm like no no guys the packs are not made of metal (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, so we ended up fixing it up, and, and, and the sound is pretty much the same as it's always been. But, yeah. you know, it's mm-hmm. funny because like we look at it as it's kind of a different approach to it for us because, you know, we, there's so much great baseball history, and, and, and so many of our users are, you know, were card collectors, are still card collectors, like IRL. And so the whole pack opening animation thing was kind of like we wanted you to give the feeling like you were actually opening a pack of cards. So that's yeah. where that, the sound – now, in real life, you know, you open a pack of cards, you don't have crazy fireworks that come out of it, I hope. I, w- I wish. I want I, that I, now. I want that now. Tops, get on that. But, yeah, that that was kind of the whole pack ripping open sound. That was kind yeah. of the inspiration you, behind that. Yeah, you guys definitely digitized the 
IRL pack opening experience, and I kind of absolutely love that about it. Um, also, the the one great thing about Perfect Team versus something like uh, MLB The Show is you guys aren't limited to the licenses like MLB The Show are in a lot of aspects. So you do get to throw in a lot of really cool players and veterans and players that people remember and a lot of historical legends and stuff to the game too, which gives it a really unique aspect in terms of collecting. Yeah, I think that was that was one of the real big turn-ons when we started planning this thing. Uh, I joined the Out of the Park team a, almost three years ago, and with with you know with the premise of we were working on this really cool mode behind the scenes, and the discussions always revolved around. And I say this constantly on our streams and in our Discord, like constantly saying, the goal of Perfect Team is to try to tell the history of baseball in a card collecting mode. So, you know, when we launched 19, um, you know, we kind of had a plan and we went with the plan and we launched the way we did. When we, when we went to 20, we kind of had a plan and we went with the plan. But for 21, we have already put in 10 times the amount of planning into the card base. Um, we have more new players. We have over 500 players um, that over the course of the year that didn't make an appearance previously. Good we God. 3,800 cards at launch on Friday um, that people are going to be able to pull from. And with, and another probably, I would say, seven to 800 that'll be released over the 45 content releases that we have planned. And we've really spread the gamut across baseball history, right? Like we have, you know, everything from mickey mantle rookies to you know veterans of guys when they were in the the latter years of their career and then everything in between so that's kind of the cool part about it is that you know it's a learning experience as you're going through this i've learned so much about baseball being the guy in perfect team 20 that was responsible for producing the weekly content right from the theme to the cards to the you know to getting them out there and doing the streams and stuff I learned so much about baseball just from planning that because you're like, oh, I have this great theme. And then you start going down the rabbit hole of who might fit the theme. And you're like, oh, hey, here's this high pockets Kelly guy and start looking up what he's all about. So it's really been like it's it's been a great historical experience for me, for sure. I forgot what the name of the guy was, but I pulled a shortstop last year in 20 and I thought you guys made him up because of his name. Like there was like, there's no way this is a real baseball player. We've had that. We've had that occur. I have had people like like stone cold in the chat on the stream be like, you guys made that guy up. That guy's not real. <laughs> like there, there is not a chance that Icebox Chamberlain is a real guy. It's like, no, no, Icebox Chamberlain, he's a real guy. Look it up. He's got a BB ref page and everything. Yeah, I've got to say one of my favorite things about the game. So I'm, I'm big into like the analytics and uh, sabermetrics. So I'm a big stats guy, and one of my favorite things is pulling a card of a guy I've never heard of, and then looking through their Fangraphs page, their baseball reference pages, and then seeing like, oh, hey, this Yui Jennings guy was really good. Or like Zach Wheat, who I'd never heard of. Like, some really, really great gems you guys unearth. I think it's it's been, and, and I'm glad you brought up like some of the old-timey guys, because again, like someone like me, not to date myself, but you know, I'm pushing the, the end of my fourth decade on this planet earth. So, I mean, I've only really been a baseball fan since like the mid eighties, late eighties when I, when I started watching and, 
you know, you look back at guys, all those, I mean, everyone knows the Ruths and the Gehrigs and the Cy Youngs and the Christy Mathewsons of the world. But you, yeah, like you look at a guy like Huey Jennings, right? Random weird stat. Oh, he's, he's got hit by pitch more than anybody else ever. You know, yeah. you look at, you know, like Zach Wheat, everyone was like, when we dropped Zach Wheat as the, I think he was the Dodgers team history reward. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, who in the pip is Zach Wheat? And I'm just like, man, dude, you got to look it up. Zach Wheat was a, was a baller. Like, and it's, it's funny because one of the constant challenges we face is trying to balance that, right? Like, how do you have a guy like Zach Wheat who played a hundred years ago versus a guy like Zach you know, Britain, who again, a pitcher, but same idea, right? He's playing today. It's it's really interesting to see how we balance that. But yeah, a lot of people love the old timey cards. One of the most popular requests we get is we need more dudes from the 1800s. And, you know, trying to find them is not always the easiest thing, but. Yeah, it, it, we're, we're trying to we're trying to build that picture, right? That historical picture of baseball. So. As a as a follow up to something you mentioned, and there was Zach was Zach Britton. How how do you guys make sure that live series cards are still relevant in the meta that comes in perfect team? So I'll be the first person to admit we did a really bad job of that last year. Um, by the time mid season rolled around, live series cards were pretty irrelevant, um, mainly because when you look at how. Perfect Team 20 evolved where we launched the game with just the core, you know, day-by-day simulations. And then we added the collections in the early summer. Then we added the tournaments in the early fall or late summer. You know, the landscape was constantly evolving. But really, once we launched the collections, we thought that that would make the live series cards mean something. That people would want to collect them and complete the live series rewards. And I don't mind telling anybody that when we look at the data, that was not the case for a multitude of reasons. Um, they were not really weighted the same as some of the historical cards. Um, a lot of the live series cards, especially pitchers, are hampered because of the home run factors. A lot of the hitters are hampered because of the increase in strikeouts. Um, and we spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours this winter talking about how do we make live cards relevant? Not how do we make live cards the best cards in Perfect Team, but how do we make live cards be cards that people actually want to own on their team and collect and... Be using in dope. August and September, yeah. Well, and again, right? Here's the thing. You look at any any card-collecting game that's out there, the historical cards are always outweigh the live cards i mean you look at mlb the show is a great example right the only live card people most of the top 20 percent of players will have on the roster come july will be mike trout they'll have replaced pretty much a lot of the other ones for some of the historicals that are going to be released that's just kind of how card collecting modes go yeah but we still want people to 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 have give those cards value we don't want the live card market to be a dead market we want people to collect them so we really put a lot of effort into how we're weighting the live cards versus um the historical cards now now that the early access is out we've been monitoring the feedback a lot of people feel like we've made some great improvements in the ratings of the live set a lot of people waiting to see how that's going to play out over time but and the other part of that is 
um, restructuring their collections a little bit, which I won't go into detail on right yet, but we've restructured how the live collections are going to work so that there'll be a little more value in collecting them and exchanging, or sorry, not exchanging them, but locking them to your roster uh, in order to complete the mission cycle with them. Awesome. Glad, yeah. glad to hear it. I, th I feel like uh, we, we, we hold it to a bit of a high standard because we're so used to playing it'll be the show and they've had years to get the card collecting game formula mm -hmm. better and you guys have been doing this for what 18 months or so a little bit more uh i would say perfect team 19 launched in october of 2018 so a little bit more than that i would say the planning has probably been going on for close to two years so yeah and... i mean you've got growing pains that's to be expected yeah Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is that the live cards, you know, when we introduced the live rating updates last year as well, there were some issues with that. We knew there were some issues with that. That's one of the reasons why we went from a weekly model to a bi-weekly model to give the cards a little less volatility. Now, obviously, that's not going to matter. Um, and I actually think that that might be a good thing for people who like the live cards and want to collect the live cards, knowing that they're going to be locked in for the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like for us, it, it, it's a constant slack conversation of how do we rate cards? I mean, right now, a lot of it is, Hey guys, we've been getting feedback about Mike minor and a lot of people feel he's underrated. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, he's a little underrated and, you know, trying to perfect that set as we, as we get into launch day on Friday. But, you know, it, it, it has been, I never thought getting into this, we would talk as much about ratings as we do. I knew it would always be a hot discussion topic, but we talk about it two to three to four hours a day in the off-peak times, and now we're talking about ratings constantly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's one of the things that I think is, especially in card collecting modes, is like the number one hot-button issue among people who play it. Because they obviously have favorites and stuff and value it, and they obviously say, like, well, that guy's juiced, or this guy's not juiced enough, and they're usually talking about their favorite players when they do so. Um, I, you can correct me if I'm completely wrong wrong in this, but I was watching the reveal stream the other week, and it sounded like you guys were going to alternate the content drops with the live series rating updates. That was the plan, yes. So um, with that, okay. with baseball being delayed, are you guys going to do any changes to that? Or is it still going to be every other week with the content drops? No, because originally the plan was our, our content program was going to be on a two-week cycle. So one Thursday would be a fresh content set, and then the next Thursday would be a new set of collection missions. Oh, okay. So that's so that's not going to change. Okay. We're still going to we're still going to have so like for example. Um, and we've made a few tweaks to the schedule since then because originally we were going to do the live collections uh, on the 26th, but we're actually going to have them in on launch now. But yeah, so one Thursday will be a 10 to 12 card set of brand new cards not in the game. Then the following Thursday will be uh, four to seven uh, brand new collection missions, which will have the special edition rewards. And then we're just, some weeks we'll have both. So, I mean, there's some special events on the calendar, some of which are in jeopardy now that, you know. There's no baseball. Uh-oh. But the, we do have we do have uh, half a dozen, maybe eight special events planned where some weeks we'll have both. 
So okay. we'll have a collection and we'll have a content set. That sounds uh, awesome. And, and, and they're going to be – there's one coming up real soon. Spill the details. The first, uh, so here's <laughs> the thing. Okay, so listen, in a – in a exclusive drop. Okay, this is the first Ooh. time I talked about. This. Oh, oh. Okay, so the first part of it, I talked about it many, many times. Um, my favorite, my absolute favorite content set from P- Perfect Team Twenty was the Negro League set. Yes. Yes. Hundred and ten percent. Yes. Not just from an in-game set, but like honestly, like like from a learning experience. Like I'm getting like almost kind of emotional just just talking about it as I often do. Because I learned so much doing that set. And, um, you know, because of this association I have with Out of the Park Baseball, I was afforded the opportunity to go to Cleveland and go to the All-Star Game. And at the Play Ball Park, they had a, a Negro League museum display and, and section there. And to see Josh Gibson's jersey and Satchel Paige's jersey in their lockers and like man it was just it was a full experience for me from from planning that from executing it the art design for the cards releasing the cards um i mean it, it's not often you say hey we hit the content high watermark in april because we did i mean uh, like for me we put some great content out after that but nothing came close to the negro league set so that being said this year is the 100th anniversary of the first the first real organized Negro League. So, probably a good chance that they're going to be back. Hey. I have not confirmed up to this point anywhere, Ooh. but we will be doing something Negro League related again. Um, again, that's a brand yeah. new exclusive. I hadn't, I hadn't confirmed that up until now. Uh, but we are going to be doing, and it's bigger, better, more players. Um, it, like it's going to be like for as good as the set last year was, this one is going to be head and shoulders better. Awesome, awesome. Um, one of the sets you guys cut from OOTP uh, was Record Breakers. Is there any series directly replacing that, or is it kind of going to be like the Elite and Era content the, the, filling the, the gap? Snapsh- so we have a new card tier called Snapshot which is basically like your catch-all category. Okay. Um, so so we didn't really have a catch-all category, you know, for um, Perfect Team 20. We just kind of used the hardware heroes as a catch-all if they didn't fit any of the other, if they weren't an all-star and they didn't win an award and they didn't break a record and it didn't really qualify as an unsung hero or a one-hit wonder. We used the hardware heroes designation. Uh, so we decided to replace the record breakers with the snapshot so snapshot is basically just your generic historical season that doesn't fall into any of the other categories um and yeah i mean the record breaker set was only 50 or 60 cards anyway um and a lot of them it was hard to build on that set because a lot of them were accounted for elsewhere I just loved uh, I just loved that artwork, like the record breakers across yeah. it. It just reminded me of like eighties baseball cards. Yeah. It uh, was so, a cool it was a cool thing for sure. Yeah. So a snapshot could be like your ninety nine Darren Erstad season or your Brady Anderson fifty home run season where, you know, they might not have won anything, but you know, it's a great year. There's a deserving of recognition. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Basically if if I run across the 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 line in BB ref and 
there's no bold, meaning they didn't lead the league in something, chances are it'll end up being a snapshot. <laughs> that's usually the that's usually the cutoff. All right. So the the other thing you guys talked about during the reveal stream was the era content, and I think you guys mentioned Murderer's Row in that as well. So is that like a collection of the cards, or is it just like an individual card from that team? So how the eras are going to work is the eras will have a certain number of players that qualify under that theme that will already be in the game. So, for example, uh, 27 Yankees, I think, is one of the eras. If if it's not, it probably should be. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't have the list. I don't know. As the guy who came up with it, I mean, I'm being a little coy all of a sudden, but uh, I don't have the <laughs> list right in front of me. But, but as an example, uh, 27 Yankees could be one of the eras. Um, so any of the cards in the game that were 27 Yankees or somehow associated with the 27 Yankees could be part of that collection. And then there will be a special edition reward uh, that will be new to the game that you'll be able to collect um, X amount of the cards that make up the collection. And then you'll get the special edition reward. Ooh. Same as a conventional collection. Ooh. So we have we have 32 different eras. And the eras can be like one season or like a dynasty. So, for example, I believe the 72 through 74 athletics is one of the eras. Uh, the 92, 93 Jays is going to be an era. Come on. I mean, uh, you had you know, to. Yeah. I'd get deported if I didn't. Um, <laughs> and But there's also different things. Like, for example, uh, I believe we have like a 1960, uh, 1968 year of the pitcher. So like oh, a more, that of a fun. more of a league based sort of thing or like the power surge or so th they can be team specific one season, team specific, multiple season, MLB specific one season, MLB specific, multiple seasons. Uh, there's some really cool ones in there. It's our first um, it's our first collection mission program. So um, uh, yeah, it's our first collection mission program. Sure. Okay. So yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking of the order that they go in. It's the first collection mission program, so it's kind of our starting point, right? Gotcha. Um, they're not, the special edition rewards are going to be great. They're not going to be some of the top super tier ones that we're releasing later in the year, but there are in the first month and a half of the season some really cool special editions coming out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, moving on from content to actual league structure, one of the big differences this year is there's only going to be one perfect league. So what went into deciding to change the structure rather than just adding, like, a Champions League above that? So it's funny because th that was the exact question that we asked ourselves in a development meeting. Why don't we just... And I said, here's the thing. The game is called Perfect Team. It has to be called the Perfect League. The goal of the game is to build the perfect team. So if it's not called the perfect league, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How we came to that suggestion was that the way our league structure worked, we ended up with 50-some perfect leagues. But I think there's there's 58 or 59 perfect leagues this week in Perfect Team 20. Um, so really, there's no... Like, it's kind of like you get to Perfect League and you're kind of stuck there. And we felt like the parody at Perfect League was kind of out of whack because you would have, you know, some... You had too great of a spread in the quality of teams that were at the top level. So not only are we adding that the, the single Perfect League, 
Uh, and we do have, we've already planned out the possibility of having to add a second or a third one, um, okay. you know, based, based on user counts. Um, because when we do release the mobile app uh, later this year, it is going to have perfect team functionality in it as well. So we, we're kind of planning for an influx of users there. So we already have kind of mapped out adding a second and a third pyramid if we have to. But that's the other part of it too, is it's going to be more pyramid shaped as opposed to kind of the trapezoid that we've gotten locked into now. Uh, it's going to be very pyramid shaped. And the whole goal of that, because we've also added two levels at the bottom. Uh, yeah, with, so you, stone, with stone and rookie. So you added at the bottom rather than changing the top yes, to build the pyramid out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So same kind of idea. And the whole goal with that is we want to make sure that users are playing against similar quality competition. Because no one, I mean, you guys know, you guys play video games. You guys know what it's like when you're severely outmatched repeatedly, how defeating it can be how it just yeah. it, it doesn't it makes you not want to play yeah and, and we got kind of to that point where we saw not a significant increase but enough of an increase that it was worth making changes of people who were just getting disillusioned because they got to perfect league and they couldn't hang because again the the spread of quality of teams at that level was just too great so the goal is always to try to make sure that teams are playing against teams of similar competitive structure, that you should be at the appropriate level for the roster that you have. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Because I, ironically enough, my, my free-to-play team, my pack-only free-to-play team, not the one that can play the market, is the only one of the, my three that made it to Perfect League this year. Yeah. Ironically enough, but... um. I, the thing was, when I got to Perfect League, I was good enough to hang and stay in Perfect League, not good enough to get stubs to move up in Perfect League, and I had people with full 100 overall, you know, legends mm -hmm. on my team. I, I, the community, I believe, calls the calls them whales now. So, are, are you guys worried about the Perfect League being dominated by only teams like that, or how? what's your thought going into that? Am I worried about it? No. I think as the season evolves, the Perfect League has the ability to go up to 60 teams. And with only the playoffs oh. and with Ooh. only yeah, yeah, the Perfect League has the ability, we've programmed it to be able to be a 60 team league as required. Interesting. Wow. And and only the playoff teams get to stay. So if you if you're if you don't make the playoffs, you're going back back to diamond. Okay, all, so, all my thoughts and concerns and worries are gone. So I feel I, I, again. Here's the thing, right? I'm not again. I, I have built my persona at Out of the Park Baseball as being very open and transparent, and I would be lying if I sat here and said that I think free to play or very low spending teams are going to win five, ten, fifteen perfect league titles. To yeah, be no, honest, not, I don't but... know if that's the case. You know, as we roll, and again, that kind of ties back into the content plan because one thing that that we've really structured this year is we want teams to have easier, better access to better cards without having to spend a ton of money. That's the whole point, right? We want to make this game just as fun for the guy who spends a thousand bucks, the guy who spends three bucks. So, you know, there's there are going to be some easier to complete collections out there. 
do I think that we'll go the whole season without a free-to-play team winning the Perfect League Championship? I don't think so. I think we're the people are savvy enough that there's enough good cards out there that somebody will be able to build a competitive enough roster. But again, that's all in theory and hypothetical. Until we hit the button Friday and we see these teams to start playing against each other and see how people react in the in the economy and the ecosystem of Perfect Team, it's all it's all just speculation. I'd have one request for the OT pl- T players, PT players out there. Somebody yeah. who is really good at doing the card research needs to find a bunch of really high contact bronzes, name them Slapdick Prospects, and win Perfect <laughs> Team. <laughs> just for me. But also a little bit for Blake Snell, too. Yes. Uh, Blake. So, so what's the uh, what's the new thing in 2021? 20, Sorry, the new thing in 21 that you're most excited about. <sighs> the new thing, you know, people, I get that question a lot, and I always get stumbled on. I think for me, the new thing is and this is going to be the boring approach, but the new thing for me is to see how people react to a full 12 months of us having everything in place. Um, You know, with missions from the get-go, tournaments from the get-go, different ways to spend your time, different ways to spend your money, should you choose to do that. Um, You know, uh, for me... The thing I'm most excited about is to see how people play Perfect Team with us having all of the pieces in place from day one. Um, our, our big focus this year and, and continues to be our focus, we're still working on stuff behind the scenes. We've fixed like 36 bugs in the last couple of days and trying to improve things. We already have a laundry list, a whiteboard of stuff that we want to do post-release support. But the big focus has been on the user experience. Um, you know, we've got we've got the core game, we've got the missions, we've got the tournaments, and it's trying to make all those things have have a have a nice user experience, be easy to use, be user friendly. So it might be the boring answer, but for me, I'm just I'm just really eager and anticipating to see how people are going to play Perfect Team, and how we can turn that into something that we can evolve moving towards 22 and 23 and so on so on and so forth that's Mm -hmm. awesome um one of the other i think big things with tournaments this year is you guys are doing multi-stage tournaments now with qualifiers are we going to see bigger even better rewards in those tournaments uh eventually eventually So, so here's the thing. So we dipped our toe in the water a little bit with the perfect team of the decade tournament series. Uh, I had been pushing. So listen, I had been pushing the team from the moment tournaments launched to, to just let me put a test in the field and see how people react to something that can be not esports, but have something that we could promote something that we could stream and show off and have some sort of interactivity with. So that's where the perfect team of the decade tournament series came from. We had a tournament for every one of our team of the decade cards, culminating with the player of the decade, Mike Trout at the end, we streamed a couple of them on the Twitch channel. Um, just, you know, a, a couple that I was in until I got eliminated and, and just trying to see, is this something that people would be interested in? 
So the next evolution of that obviously would be uh, to have qualifying tournaments, to have sort of quote unquote championship tournaments based on those qualifying tournaments. Uh, the details of which uh, are, you know, top secret, super, super hush hush and, and evolving constantly. But the fact that we've added the ability to do it, I think shows that we are definitely looking at how we can grow perfect team to have some sort of esports presence. I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to have this giant tournament in October with 128 of the best perfect team players and it be this huge giant production. That's the dream. I think we're eons away from that being a reality. But the, the multi-stage tournaments, you know, um, definitely is going to bump up the scale of the rewards for sure. Um, definitely going to bring some of our better and brighter competition to the forefront as the things move along. I think people are going to be really excited to see how they get implemented and how we develop them. And it's going to be a great learning experience as all of these things are for us as a development team. And yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe pie in the sky, perfect team 22. We're on the big stage at the all-star game in Atlanta and uh, you know, having the perfect team world championship. Awesome. You know, I, I hope so. I hope so. Somewhere. I hope so. I've been I've been playing now since thirteen, so I think the biggest thing with the tournaments is that people have shown an appetite to engage in the tournament content. People are naturally uh, competitive. Which, so it well, plays it, into that. Yeah, people have enjoyed coming by the stream and, and, and you know, we'll watch a highlight of a game or we'll talk about roster construction or but people have people have that that like you said that appetite for competitiveness for for showing it off. They want to see their team on stream. That's one of the reasons why we introduced the this week in Perfect Team uh, Monday showdown that we're going to start. Um, so every Monday night we're going to stream a tournament um, on our Twitch channel. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be engaging, and I, I'm really looking forward to doing it. And and yeah, I, I I have to admit though I'm a little. I didn't think the appetite for it would be that great so early on in the perfect team life cycle. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us tonight. It's uh it was it's great and I perfect team has become like my go-to card game even I think I played it more than the show last year to be honest. Yeah, like I've I've had I've knocked OOTP over the last year and a half because it's and the the only reason it's out of love because I feel like there's so much there and you guys are so incredibly ambitious so there's going to be so much more there in the coming seasons so I'm just I'm really excited to see where you guys go yeah and you know what I, I'm excited too because it's kind of you know the cliche thing to say oh man you should see the things that are going on behind the scenes but Oh man, you should see the things that are going on behind the scenes. Like, Tease. but you're right. But no, but you're right though. Like, the, and again, that's why a lot of our focus this year was user experience based because we do hear similar things, right? Like, oh man, I open the game and I get so overwhelmed, I don't know where to go. Like, I, I, it's so like everything's not right in your face. So you know, we're working on that kind of stuff and trying to make things easier. Again, I think when we add mobile to the sphere. And you're going to be able to log in to your perfect team on the go and see how your team is doing and, uh, you know, make a lineup change, browse the auction house on your phone. 
I think that's just going to add another dynamic to the whole thing. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're really excited. Uh, you know, we've gotten so many requests in the last 10 days to release the game <laughs> based, based on the events that are happening in the world. Um, we're really, really excited for Friday. We can't wait for everybody to play, you know, out of the park, perfect team, you know, however you choose to enjoy it. Um, our doors are always open too. I mean, you know, we have, a uh, almost 5,000 members in our discord now. Um, and you know what, almost everything that we've updated in out of the park 21, uh, came directly from, you know, a user in the discord, a user in the forum, someone on Twitter saying, Hey, I think this would be a good idea. Um, so yeah, we're going to keep that evolution going and we're going to enjoy, you know, for about five, 10 minutes on Friday, we're going to sit back and virtually, uh, clang a beer because we're not allowed to, you know, we all social distance <laughs> and stuff. Um, and then we're going to get, we're going to get back to work, making the best baseball management game available. Cool. And you guys can go to ootpdevelopments.com backslash pre-order and pre-order right now and play Friday. That's, hey, I, you know what? If you pre-order now, if you pre-order ootpdevelopments.com, you can play it right away. Oh, wow. Immediately. Oh, wow. And Even I'll better. You what, I'll tell you what. Hot fire content. Again, podcast exclusive. Uh-oh. Your, your listeners can use code SNAGGLE21. All caps, S N A G G L E two one, and get an extra ten percent off. Wow, seems seems pretty good. Seems pretty good. Um, It's almost too good to be true. (laughs) Almost, almost. It is. It's definitely. It's 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 too sweet. It is. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. I know that. I I seen it coming. Thank you. Seriously, thank you for coming on and and talking to us about OTP twenty one, and good luck with the launch and everything going on. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. All right. Once again, thanks to Chris, a.k.a. Snaggle, for coming on to the podcast to talk about OOTP. Moving on to other things going around baseball. Last week we talked about the possibility, and this week it is a reality. Baseball is delayed indefinitely. First of all, I'm upset that this week I'm not even the best Chris on this podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, so this uh, we, we were talking about last week how the coronavirus sucks, and um, yeah, it's it's only gotten worse. So baseball is delayed indefinitely. Uh, that that goes for all of baseball. Uh, players have been told to go home, or they can stay at the facilities, de- depending depending on what level they are. But they're not allowed to do group workouts. Right. Yeah. No group workouts. Uh, you know, every, they're still practicing social distancing and trying to stay as safe as possible. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's a dark time. It's a very, very dark reality we're facing with baseball. Um, I, I'm kind of speechless at what happened since I, last I, week. We were we were doing our prep for the podcast and. Rai Rai wasn't even going to talk about the Corona thing. And I was like, dude, this has all happened in the past like seven days since the last time we recorded. It's only been a week, but it's been like the longest week ever. I was like, it's it's been seven days. It feels like a year. I feel it's like we're aging in like presidential years. Like, I know. Uh, what was it Thursday when everything shut started shutting down and somebody or somebody, somebody like eight o'clock at night tweeted, wow, what a year today's been. (laughs) Um, this is absolutely unprecedented in terms of sports. 
the league still doesn't know what they're going to do. Right. Um, we don't have time frames. We don't have dates. We've been... Players have been reporting, and this is coming from Trevor May and a couple other players on Twitter, they were told that Memorial Day is the earliest possible opening weekend because they need to ramp everybody back up in an abbreviated spring training. Right. We're going to have spring training part two at some undetermined day in the future. Spring training to electric boogaloo. Um, and, and then we'll, and then we'll start the season. There are people in the MLB front office who are unidentified and I'm calling it now. It's Rob Manfred who think they're going to get in 161 game season in. Dude. Even if they have to wait, play until December was what this guy was told. And Dude, can you imagine playing until December if like Minnesota made the, a deep playoff run, like playoff baseball in December in Minnesota? Well, they were talking about doing the World Series at a neutral site if that was the case. And I'm like, <sighs> really? They That'd probably sh they probably should anyway. Nobody wants to play in November in New York. I guess, Sorry. but but that's not as, that's not nearly as bad as the other place, like, no, like yeah. further north. Yeah, no, that's true. It, it it gets bad in New York in the Northeast, but not really but, until a bit later on in the year. But then, what do you do? Do you cut down spring training because players are going to be reporting in a month? Do you then shorten next season? What do you do? Like it's ridiculous. It. it so the most obvious thing to me. Look, it, it seems like it's going to be a shortened season. There's just there's no way you get 162 in, and if you figure if if they're back doing spring training in like May, then you're probably looking at a hundred game season, maybe, at mm -hmm. best. Yeah, I. There are a lot of calls for, and other players have tweeted out that. They are pushing for an 81-game season. So if you do that, basically, I mean, you're assuming the season starts back up in, like, July? Yeah. And that and that it proceeds uninterrupted from there. Memorial Day weekend, players show up for spring training part two. They have the last five days of May. They have June. They start right around July 4th. It's a It's a disturbing prospect man i know it's so it's like everything about the coronavirus sucks yeah um but just as a sports fan it's so so deflating to have transitioned so quickly from the excitement of a new season to this to are we even gonna have one in days in yeah, hours that's even, even that's not even to mention the ba the basketball season that was cut off right when some really interesting storylines were happening now we've got several basketball teams with, you know, people who have the coronavirus who've been diagnosed. Eight teams as of today have a positive, a player with a positive test for coronavirus. I know here in uh, here in New Jersey, it was like two days ago there were ninety seven cases, and then a day later there was three hundred. So yeah. it's it's it yeah. it's it's bad. Um, two Yankees minor leaguers tested positive. Um, and what's really bad is is we're discovering now that a bunch of what China originally reported that most people 20 to 29 are asymptomatic and won't get the worst of it is not entirely true. They can get the worst symptoms, and we are seeing, you know, people my age, 28, almost 29, and younger getting fibrosis in their lungs, which means 
They're not going to have lung capacity for the rest of their life. It's essentially dead. And if this happens to athletes, what's what's going to happen to their careers? Yeah. The good news is that it seems like everyone uh, is is actually acting appropriately now or, yes. or, or judging it appropriately now in the U.S. where we're actually having things shut down. Uh, quarantines are advised and enforced. Yeah, so 100%. The, the hope is that this happened early enough where, uh, you know, in, in a month or two, we get to, you know, live a normal lives again. And, yeah. you know, that trick that trickles down to sports, hopefully. Um, we're talking about, I, I forgot who said it. It was one of the epidemiology experts that has been on probably every news channel by now, a major news channel. Um, we're about f- now four to five weeks away from the worst of it. And we're about 16 weeks away from it being done in a perfect world. Um, it, it's obviously terrifying and you know normally when something like this happens you know we still played sports through H1N1 through swine flu through bird flu and sports was the, the getaway sports was what took us off, our minds off of it and now it's taken that away from us and people are are having that start realization of it and it's extremely Oh man, I'm gonna borrow a quote from one of our discords. I don't want to get political, but I find it really ironic and incredible at the same time that the the U.S. response to this was started by a sports commissioner. Hey, whatever it takes, man. It, whatever it takes, and and shout out to to the best commissioner, second best commissioner the, in my lifetime, the only good one, the second best sports commissioner of all time in my lifetime, Adam Silver, um, for doing it, um. It's just insane, and they're not providing answers either. It's just... Speaking of commissioners handling things poorly... Oh, no. What else is new in baseball? Uh, Minor leaguers are being treated very poorly. uh, It's disgusting. That's Uh, not a new thing. (laughs) Minor leaguers have been sent home... Yeah. ...with basically not even enough money to transport their shit back with them home. Right. So we've got these people who are under contract, not being paid at the moment, and they're expected to just be at home, not working, not making money. Getting for ready months. for a season that might not happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, I've, I've mentioned him on this podcast before. Uh, Eric Sim is a former uh, minor leaguer slash major leaguer. He bounced back and forth. And uh, he's a he's a very vocal supporter of minor leaguers a very uh you know he, he talks a lot about the plight of minor leaguers and he's been getting a lot of texts tweets from from minor leaguers describing the issues that they're facing so minor leaguers are being sent home and they're being sent home like with workout plans and these workout plans have like links to workout gear that they can't afford yeah and like the teams aren't giving them money for it so it's just I think as it's of just, right now, Baseball America's list has six teams that is paying their minor leaguers. So we know that just recently the majors, the MLB teams have decided to pay their minor leaguers a little bit more starting next year. Yeah. So we know they hear the complaints. We know that they're aware that minor leaguers are not getting what they should get or what they need. And yet in the biggest disaster of basically all of these minor leaguers lives 
they're being just thrown off to the side, told to fend for themselves, and just they're they're getting no support from the teams that employ them. It's just it's insanely tone deaf. It's just awful. I, it's sad. What the list of teams is paying them even because they're being paid their stipend. They're not being paid their salary. Which isn't that great to begin it's with. It's $400 a week, so it's $1,600 a month, but it's also a stipend, which means they have to pay the taxes on it at the end of the year. So them getting paid that to sit at home isn't exactly good either. Yeah, it's not. It's better than the teams that aren't It's better it, than the teams that aren't, that is true. Still, like, the, the MLB could do better, and um, they're just... Nah. Once the once the league season officially starts on Monday or Tuesday, though, I believe, the MLB and MLBPA came to an agreement that every player on a 40-man roster, so some prospects, will be getting their salary from the season. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're, if you're on a 40-man, like, you're probably that's, pretty good. That's 15 it, players uh, per team, too. That's not, like, a ton of guys. So I don't know. I don't know. There's the problem is is I don't think there's an easy answer here because if you pay them their salaries to sit at home, like it's it's not that much money anyway in some of these places where some of these guys live, and some of these guys are travel to other countries in the off season yeah. and live in other countries and they can't yeah. go home right now. So I heard a story about how uh, a player got sent home to Venezuela and the team sent him home without enough money to get a uh, a car from the airport to where he needed to go yeah um if you can if you're financially set during this crisis let me put it this way and you are feeling generous and want to open your heart at adopt a m i l b player is putting together people with extra rooms in cities where these players are or where they need to be when the season starts up for minor leagues and stuff. Um, go check them out. Minor leaguers contact them, and they have people that can sponsor players contact them, and then they try and match them up as best as they can. Um, if they have an emergency request, they'll put it out on Twitter. So um, go check that that out if you if you can. I feel like they're doing the Lord's work with what's going on right now. Love to treat minor leaguers roughly the same as stray animals. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, other other players are finding ways around to 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 make to make money too, by by streaming. Yeah, we've got a. Uh, I, there's actually been a couple of uh, on on a happier note. There's been some interesting developments yeah, has. in the in the athletes who are bored uh, realm. So we had, uh, you know, we've already had a, a handful of baseball players who stream pretty regularly. We've got your your Blake Snell's, your Trevor Mays. Trevor uh, didn't but... stream a lot last year. He actually came back to streaming recently. Yeah, I was I was glad to see him do it too. Yeah, but you're seeing it more now. You're you're seeing athletes turn to streaming more. You're seeing athletes turn to uh, TikTok. CJ Just... CJ Crone started streaming. Uh, are, popular sleeper pick CJ Crone when your what, fantasy uh, draft happens in two months. Right. Um. What? Uh. What's have Have you checked the retweets on Pete Alonso's tweet? Is he streaming now or no? Uh, Pete Alonso it might be getting into it. I refuse to read his retweets because they're awful right now. Because uh, apparently Padres fans are sick trolls. Oh, good lord. Um. 
but it it is it's entertaining to watch these guys, but you can yeah. tell they're not happy. I, I am going to, uh, w once Pete Alonso gets into streaming MLB The Show, I am going to watch his stream religiously and stream snipe him so that I can, uh, you know, play a game against my, yeah, my large good. adult son. Sounds good. Um, there was a tournament of minor league players playing MLB The Show the other night. Sterling Sharp from Miami, ex-Nads prospect, ran it. That was pretty fun to watch. Um, Blake Snell dropped his entire $400 stipend on PAX the other day. <laughs> He is, every pack, minor he is a pack every minor leaguer. Every minor leaguer across the country was like, Blake, come on, man. Yeah, seriously. He is a pack fiend, though. I kind of love it. Um, uh, so, But aside from MLB The Show, Trevor Bauer, who who could have predicted that Trevor Bauer would be like one of the most likable noted, figures from noted, this whole thing? Noted good guy Trevor Bauer? Noted Wade. misogynist Wade. who... <laughs> He's got his noted drone noted drone enthusiast. Drone enthusiast. Uh, he's he, he. Not everyone likes what he says, but that's because he generally tells the truth. Like he he knows yeah. who he is and what he's trying to do, and he just says it. And you know he just achieves his stuff. Yeah. So uh, Trevor Bauer put together a wiffle ball game of pro baseball players, and uh, you know streamed it, hosted it all on his uh, his media corporation. Yeah, of course he did. I mean, hey, it's it's it fun was, stuff. It was it was fun, man. It was fun. Um, I know these guys shouldn't be in groups together in case some of them get sick, but I I, I would love to see a couple more games like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we, I I've personally been the, I've been quarantined for a couple days now, staying at home. You know, thank thankfully nothing's wrong. Just uh, you know, staying safe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have these little escapes where we can get them at this point. I'm unfortunately in a hotbed now. We we went from 42 to 110 cases in like a day and a half, which coincidentally is how much playtime I have in MLB The Show Diamond Dynasty right now. Yeah, you're a machine, man. Uh yeah. But uh it's nuts. How how is your grind going? I didn't know I don't know what you've grind grinded up so far. Well, I got my Joey Gallo face of the franchise, I got my Mike Conforto face of the franchise. Okay. And uh I got I got a little bit of pack luck. I got to, I got a Cattell Marte and then a uh Roldis Chapman that I immediately sold and bought Pete Alonso instead. Good, good call. Good call. So uh yeah, I'm, my my team's looking okay. I'm almost ready to uh, take it into rank seasons. Meanwhile, um, I, I, I'm scared to say what I've done. <laughs> Everything? No. Um, <laughs> I still haven't on the U.S. map for Willie Mays, but I probably won't because I, that card's not that not good. Great. Like, I have, no. I, have, I have Sheffield on my bench. Why do I need that card? Yeah, um, they've historically not released really great cards for that U.S. map. Not in the last few years. Because last year it was Ty Cobb, who was basically just a high-contact, like, pinch hitter type. Yeah, but he slapped doubles, though, to be fair. Um, yeah. I finished the first inning program um, and packed Roy Oswalt at 300 stars. Um, I sold the Pete Alonso I bought the other day for a little bit of a profit, like 500 stubs, and bought Todd Helton. And then I sold Real Muto because I had Pudge and Grandal, and I bought Duke Snyder 
for my outfield and I have all three of them and locked it in for the second inning and got, I have, got a head start on inning two. I have six goals left on my roster because I'm level 80 and have Mariano Rivera and Raleigh fingers in my bullpen. Now <laughs> I've, I've absolutely beasted it this weekend. I'm almost 500. I'm over 500 now in ranked seasons, which is apparently top 5% somehow for right now, because nobody's playing ranked seasons because of the bug. Man, the uh, the first inning bosses are cheap. I did not realize how cheap they were right now. They they are. I would get them because last year, I remember last year. No, even though the vouchers already in game and we know the system exists, like people are like, oh, they'll spike when they know the second inning bosses if it's somebody they want. So hmm. that's my my sneak tip. Go and get it, and I'll start flipping this week, and I'll probably have mantle by next Wednesday <laughs> because I have nothing to do because my class got delayed a week. <laughs> Yay, coronavirus. Yay. I think that wraps it up, though. Yeah. I think I think that wraps everything up in a neat little bow. Um, sorry, sorry to, like, we, we, we did some, like, tonal whiplash here where, you know, the OOTP stuff is fun, the coronavirus stuff, not so fun. But, uh, you know, we, we don't want to uh, sugarcoat everything. The, the baseball world sucks a bit right now, but... It's the one, the, the, it's the the one, nice one, one is, theory. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're all stuck inside, but the bright side is we've got, you know, OOTP, we've got MLB The Show, yes. uh, we, you know, we've got, for, for the for the gamers among us, there's there's some really fun stuff to keep us going, keep us, uh, you know, enjoying mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel really bad. This was supposed to be our, our draft special week episode, and instead we're, we're doing this. Granted, we, we had an amazing guest in Chris from, from OOTP on, yeah. but... And you we're going to try to get some more in the coming weeks also. We are. We're going to try and fill the the content drought because of this with some awesome content creators and, and the like. Um, so stay tuned for that um, for Schwebzy. This is Ryry signing off. Until next week, guys. See you then.